three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Sower in the States. How are you today, Trip and B? Um, sad. Yeah. Hungover. Uh huh. And questioning it all, my friend. Uh, really rough. Another rough game week for my teams, especially my MLS teams, unfortunately. Uh, because, you know, for better or worse, I'm heavily invested in Charlotte FC. They're the only guys I have, but I do have a lot of their cards. And, uh, just an 0-3 uh, Charlotte FC for the crown is not looking good right now. It's been a really rough start to the season, and uh, I've been to the games in person, and we just played probably our worst game, our worst, easily our worst home game that we have ever played in our two years of existence uh, this past Saturday. Got crushed by Atlanta, 3-0 in the first half, and then the second half was just a kickabout for 45 minutes with both with not much happening, so... I uh, feel pretty horrible. I did go out drinking for a St. Patty's Day party after the match. That uh, numbed the pain for a little while, but now I'm dealing with the consequences of it all, my brother. Yeah. How about you? Sounds, <laughs> sounds like a game. Start on a bad note, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like every week we just we go ahead and get the get the negative stuff out of the way because, you know, we know it's coming because Charlotte is, is 0-3 and they're minus 6 in the goal differential, which is worse than the league. They uh, they fell victim to uh, St. Louis last week, which we thought was a little unlucky, but we'll talk about St. Louis a little bit as we get going. Um, I mean, at least they've scored a goal. Montreal and Kansas City and Colorado have all failed to score so far this year. Um, so, yeah, Charlotte, Montreal, Houston, still pointless as we play uh, the end of week three here. Um, and, yeah, we'll just go ahead and – and get straight into the uh, get straight into the action and start. I mean, we might as well just get this one out of the way. It was the first game of the day. I was at a I was at the St. Patrick's Day parade uh, here in Pittsburgh, and I was just getting notification after notification after notification. The goals were just going in the back of the net. What went wrong? Yeah. Uh, it's a chemistry issue. It's a, it's a coaching issue of playing multiple players out of position. Uh, Charlotte FC has way too much talent to be 0 and 3 with one goal scored and seven allowed. And we're playing our DP uh, striker as a right wing who's left footed and he has no right foot. Uh, we're playing a uh, undersized center defensive mid as left back out of some emergency basis, I guess. And he is completely, he's completely untrained at left back and he's playing left back like a center defensive mid like going in on tackles as if he's got someone behind him, but there's no one behind him this time. So, that, you know, it's a big problem. And uh, we're playing uh, Andre Shinishiki. He's getting starts, but it's kill. He, he's, he's SO5. Our boy, uh, Jayassi's Artist Fan Club, who, who guessed with us a couple of weeks ago, he was in touch with me like, hey, do I uh, buy Shinishiki? Is he going to start again? And he had like an offer that had been sent to him, like to, to like, there was like a counter offer. So it was like, he had an offer in his inbox where he could buy Shinishiki for a certain price. And he's like, I don't know. I'll sit on this. And then he was Shinya. I was like, don't, don't take it right away. Cause I'm not sure Shinishiki's going to start again. And then Shinishiki did start. And so I told Zardis fan club, I was like, Hey, he's in the starting lineup. Uh, and he's like, okay. And he bought the card, super rare card. Uh, I think it was like 0.1 was the price. And, uh, bad. And yeah, but the problem is he he scored so bad. He scored horribly yeah. because he's just miscast 
coach insists on playing him as like a center mid, like an eight, when he's really way more of a winger, scored seven goals from the wing last year. He's our third leading goal scorer of the season in, in few minutes. So uh, that was bad. So it's just everybody's out of position. Everybody's out of position, for sure. So do we think this is like they're going to fire the guy who was the interim coach at the at the beginning of last year and then did well enough to get the job? Is it like, hey, we're just going to fire this guy, hire somebody else, and everything will be hunky-dory? Or is there actual, like, we need to wait till the summer for Charlotte to even be relevant and get some transfers in to fill some of these positions? I think – no, we have the guy. We could use a better left back for sure, but this team has to come together. I mean, Enzo Capetti is still adjusting to MLS. You know how it is. DP strikers a yeah. lot of times do have a tough time adjusting to MLS, and yep. then sometimes they find their feet, and then all of a sudden they just start banging in the goals. So I still yep. think that's possible with Capetti. I think Swiderski needs to come back inside. I would like to see Charlotte do a formation switch to a four-four-two diamond and play more conventionally in the back line. Jog, uh, J- I call him Jog and Joe on my Charlotte soccer show, Joe Mora. Jog and Joe Mora. He's not an all, he's no Kai Wagner, but he can play left back. He knows how to be in position way more so than trying to uh, put Brant Bronico as a, some emergency left back. So let's get right. back to basics on the back line. Let's make a tough decision. Like they put Bronico at left back because they want to play like four, like all three of these defensive mids, Bronico, Jones, Westwood. And it's not really the move. Um, you just have to make a tough decision and bench one of those guys. And that's what the coach is here to do. So the coach needs to get back to basics, quit trying to be fancy, quit experimenting, switch this formation to a 4-4-2 diamond, play to your personnel instead of trying to fit your personnel into your system. That's just one of the basics of good coaching in any sport that's out there. And yeah. I think Charlotte will bounce back. Wait until – it may uh, – there's all it's all to play for against you know Orlando who's coming with Orlando's uh, playing T Grace midweek in theory they should they should have some tired legs when they face Charlotte on Saturday so I'd love to see a quick bounce back but I even if we don't see it this week eventually before the summer you you said is it going to be till the summer and they can get transfers before Charlotte's relevant I don't maybe it's my minute colored glasses but I don't think it's going to be that long I do think the team will come together and the coach will finally make the hard choices and get back to basics. Yeah. Hopefully. Okay. I mean, Atlanta, I, I think it'll be, the funny thing is Atlanta, everyone was like, I have Atlanta fan friends who are like, Oh, you're going to beat us. We're, we're so bad. You know, we got lucky yeah. against San Jose. Like we're not good. And then they just look like absolute world beaters. Almada played great. Araujo played one of his best games for Atlanta. Caleb Wiley scored two wide open goals. I mean, you mm-hmm. could have scored those goals, Chris. Like I could, I don't know. Goals, yeah. I've tried I don't before. Know <laughs> It's pretty I easy mean, for me yeah, to miss the net. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Brooks Lennon played okay. Should have had, should have given up a penalty, but didn't. And uh, I don't know what to say. Um, Atlanta, I don't know. It, I don't know how good Atlanta really is because Charlotte just played yeah. so 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 bad. But well, I was actually, I was going to take the Atlanta side of this and kind of look at it from their perspective. And I'm actually starting to buy it because I've always been like an Atlanta homer as far as like. I think I, I, they always have the most talent, right? They always spend a ton on these young players that always have like way more talent than everybody else. So on paper, they should always be one of the best teams. They have a terrifying home field advantage. It's just, they go on the road and sometimes they just don't have it. They also have not really been playing together for most of the last two years, really since Joseph mm-hmm. got hurt with his knee injury. Um, but I mean, yes, they get lucky against San Jose and kind of escape that game. But I actually think San Jose is not bad. I've watched two of their games now, and they're they're very good team. Um, so beating San Jose, even at home, I think is a, a pretty good result. 
the one, one game against Toronto, I didn't see, but it looked like they were pretty much the better team. Uh, and I think they got robbed on the offside. So I think they probably should have won that game. Then they go and trounce Charlotte at Charlotte on the road. They got Portland coming into town next week. So, I mean, and Portland obviously didn't look great against uh, against St. Louis. They've been had a great start to the season themselves. So, I mean, this is this is a really good start, obviously, for Atlanta. They're tied with Nashville and Cincinnati at seven points at the top of the table. They look just on the field. The product just looks better. They just look cohesive. They're moving well. Uh, they know where each other's going to be. Um, and it's there, there's no situation like the last couple of years where, you know, people aren't making runs to get open. They're always just wanting the ball to feet. Now uh, we've got guys kind of running in behind, which is, uh, is really helping Atlanta as far as stretching back lines and creating space for Amada and Adarujo. And, and I mean, like I said, talent wise, there's no question. It's all about, can they play together as a team? So I'm, I'm definitely starting to buy into Atlanta a, a little bit here early in the Un, season. Until Amada moves on a summer transfer, right? Like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, he, there is 0% chance he doesn't move for a lot of money in the summer. Um, we'll see how long out Ujo stays. Cause they, I mean, they theoretically could lose him too. He's prime age. He's not, I mean, he's not young, but he's also not like retiring. You know, it's not like he's 31 or 32. Uh, so we'll see if they can keep this core together. But as of right now, Atlanta looks deadly they look deadly right now uh they look really good going forward um and we'll have to see if they can if they can kind of keep things going and keep things up um the next game up here on my list is dallas and vancouver dallas a little bit disappointing so far i mean right i think we all had some kind of high expectations for dallas they get a they, they do have a win um but they lost to minnesota which was kind of an interesting mm-hmm. one i don't think they've had a particularly hard schedule to start the year um, lost to Minnesota and then did get a win against the galaxy. Who I don't love uh, they go to BC place and get one. Um, I don't know. What do we think about Dallas kind of mixed results so far, but I was kind of expecting more. Yeah, they, they, they were, they looked like world beaters last Saturday with the three second half goals. Right. And or were they all second half or were they just all like, they were all after they three scores, three scores after they went down, at least if I, I can at least remember that part correctly. Um, yeah, Dallas, it, they're in uh, they're consistently inconsistent, right? That's kind yeah. of always Dallas's problem in recent years. So, uh, very, it's a tough trip to go up to Vancouver. My best friend from college is a, a huge FC Dallas fan. I was talking to him on Friday night, and, and I was saying, "How do you feel about the game, man?" And, and uh, he was like, uh, "He's like, I don't know, man. It's a tough trip to up to up to Vancouver. It's 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 tough to go up yeah. there. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't help when Paul Ariola is scoring own goals." and getting injured and something out but i don't know like as goes ferrera and velasco so we'll go dallas pretty much i think and uh i do i would i do like to say that the biggest so5 impact for this for me again it always comes back to me right i always like bringing it back to myself but uh and kosi tafari just a absolutely excellent game had an assist and had like 25 aa and he's finally he's like finally established himself like he he leads the league in two he's only played two of the three games but he has like the highest duels, one percentage of anyone that has like at least 10 duels, I believe. I think he's like 14 or 15, if I'm not mistaken. So, and that's aerial duels and ground duels. So he's playing really well. And I think like he's finally established. If you have not gotten, if you're looking for a defender card, that's a card. I want to check his price work because I think that's a card you can go buy today and make your uh, SO5 teams a lot better. Very interesting there. Um, yeah, I know he's been, he's been really in and out of the lineup. And he also goes by the name Nikosi Burgess as well. If no, you know, well, or... he does not. Yeah, he's well, he's he might out, not, but, but 
it's an, I think it's of Sora Dana. to call him that. Yeah, that's the, that's yeah. the only reason I bring it up is that the the site Safari is Burgess. his preferred name, but I think he's on Burgess's yeah. on Sora Data. So if you're looking is, for it, you is, can't find it. I've that's actually why. emailed SoRare. I've actually emailed SoRare and asked them to please change it because he he has given interviews where he says he does not want to be known as Nkosi Burgess. Yeah. He strongly prefers Nkosi Tavares, so that's why I will always call him that. But you are, you are correct that he's misnamed on the site, and it, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that they ignored my email and would not uh, uh, listen to me. But, yeah, I mean, he's on – you can get him for let for .0179 right now for a rare, and it's the blue he's hair. He's very cheap, and he's he's yeah. been in and out of the starting lineup. But whenever he's in there, he does generally perform really well. Like you were talking about, very good dueler. Um, and if he can ever, you know, kind of rack up an assist like he did or even a goal, you're looking at, you know, high 80s, 90s type of a game. So um, if he locks down that, that'll be definitely one to watch. Obviously, Matt Hedge is no longer there kind of blocking his path. Um, right. So if if he can lock down that spot, that that ends up being an interesting interesting person to maybe buy low on. So that's definitely a uh, a very good that's shout. What we're, on here your for, part right? there. we're here for. We're here yeah. to tout buys. We're, Absolutely. They say they say not financial advice, but you know what? Hey, maybe there is a you know. I'm not. It's a not financial uh, advice. It's sower <laughs> advice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, definitely want to watch and make sure. Obviously, if he doesn't win the job, then that means it's he's not really that helpful, but uh, definitely want to watch from Vancouver's perspective. Another one where you're at home, uh, BC place is a tough place to play. You want to get the three points. Mm -hmm. Um, They've only got one point so far this year. And I don't think they've had a particularly difficult schedule to start things off. Um, So you kind of want to, at least for me, I'm, I'm starting to kind of fade Vancouver a little bit. Um, They actually did better than I think a lot of people. I had a, a few people, that we're picking uh, Real Espana to to get through that. Uh, that's crazy. To get through that CCL game and Vancouver that's like thumped hip, them that's five like, That's like pure hipsterism in my mind. Yeah. Like, come on, like um, let's be real. But the the second leg is at Real Espana, and we've seen weird scores in the CCL. Like home and away is a big big deal. So, um, like the Orlando draw at T Grace is a, a massive win for Orlando when you when you take a look. Even the Philly draw at Alliance is a massive win uh, because you come back to the U.S. and teams can win like four or five nothing. It's 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 routine. So Vancouver not through yet, um, but obviously five nothing is, is quite a score to put up. Um, yep. So we'll have to keep an eye on CCL. Obviously, when you're setting teams not next week, you want to watch did, wait, the did CCL. Did you just say not through yet? <laughs> Vancouver? I mean, they're not they technically put, through. They could put they could put you and me out there at Central Mid and 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 beat um, uh, beat Real España. I think I think or at least you know I, d- I not don't know by five. Uh, I don't know. Um, I like I said, crazy things happen in the CCL. Um, I don't. I, I'm expecting Vancouver to get through, but I'm they're not through yet. Um, okay, so yeah, watch the CCL teams. Obviously, all five with a pretty good shout. Austin even down three nil in the first leg. They're still got a, a very good shout to come back home and just just trounce the Alet. So um, definitely watch those as you're setting lineups uh, for next week, uh, especially the teams that end up getting through. We'll expect some rotation um, in actual MLS play, and I think that was uh, that was definitely something that I had anticipated in the Orlando DC game. Uh, and DC ends up getting a home draw against Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I am, you know, happy about. We did beat them twice last year, so maybe a little bit of a, a down year coming for DC because we had six points off Orlando last year and only one point so far. Um, but obviously, Orlando goes with a very rotated 
uh, a very rotated team that was not full strength. I am surprised Facundo Torres has started all of these games. He started every single game. Well, he's all the young. CCL. He's, he's like he is young, but you mean he's young? But they're coming out of the preseason. He's starting like he started five games in two weeks. Like that's that's a lot. Uh, so I I keep like being careful and not putting my Facundo Torres um, out in like in the world uh, and and trying to put you him in either, at, at very least putting him in low priority lineups like still playing him but um, just being careful with him. I think uh, so as long as Orlando really stays in, huh? I think Perea is doing a really good job managing the minutes through this whole uh, oh, there, PCL. Yeah. Like he he's like. Pulling guys out at the 60th. He's pulling like Facundo mm-hmm. was a halftime sub. Like mm-hmm. he didn't start Ojeda the last two games, but he's brought him in early. So I I really, you know, I'm not a huge Oscar Preya fan because I think he's like so conservative and like tries to win every game one nil. But I gotta give him props for the way he's managing the minutes in this tough situation. That said, they do host Charlotte next. So hopefully uh they're gonna Bench everybody. somewhere with all this midweek action for sure. I mean, we'll take we'll take the one point for sure from DC. Um, one one thing that we'd be remiss if we did not mention uh, one of our guy uh, Jorge, who's on our Sower in the States basketball mm-hmm. podcast. He's a big Orlando guy. One of his big uh, youngsters to watch is our guy Duncan McGuire. Yes, who Minton. DC so Minton. so Minton. kindly Minton. traded. McGuire. Yeah, so kindly traded that pick to Orlando so that they could take him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Duncan McGuire scored, so it might be Duncan McGuire's season at some point this year. Uh, he said he's looked really, really good in preseason. So when he gets his card, uh, when the new MLS cards come out, uh, definitely one to to take a look at and one to watch. It. So he'll push Carr for some playing time this year, I think. Um, Carr's speaking, been bad so far. What's that? Carr's been pretty bad so far. Carr's been bad in general. Like, I did, I've not been good, ever. I don't think yeah. I, I'd have, I've ever seen him play well. What do you think uh, is the future of the left wing spot with Cudi Pietro getting to start this time, but yeah. getting subbed out uh, about thir- with 30 minutes to go for Yamil Assad, the new signing? Do you think Assad's going to take that spot away from him as a starter soon, or is Teddy KDP uh, the, the guy? So Assad is a funny story because he's this is the third time that he signed with DC now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he signed from Atlanta, and then I think he went back to Atlanta – or, and then he went to Argentina and he came back to DC and now he's back at DC for a third time. Yep. Um, he played with Wayne Rooney. He was part of that 2018 team that I worked with. Um, and he was on that team. That's how he knows Wayne Rooney coming back. So he could end up being a Rooney guy for sure. And I don't think he was ever really that bad when, when he was there, I thought Assad was always a very solid contributor. Um, I don't I mean, he wasn't anything special, I'd love to see QD Pietro get some more time, but I think unfortunately it's probably just going to be rotational. Like there's so many, there's so many like average wingers that the DC has that they kind of have to like get them all in at some point. Um, you also got Jackson Hopkins. Like you've got all these dudes. Uh, if Chris Durkin is going to start playing a little further for, forward, which he played further forward uh, in this game because uh, they had Kanaus and Kleesh kind of holding a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a bad sign because, uh, again, taking up more more spots on the wing. Um, so, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see between, you know, Assad, uh, Hopkins. Um, I mean, Paulson maybe gets in there at some point as well. So, I mean, we'll see how things play out. I don't think I really want to play any of these guys yet. Kuji Pietro is has like maybe the most upside, but uh, 
I still don't well, like really want to play him. One thing I'll say though you is know? that I I don't really rate DC. I think DC is going to sink down to the bottom of the table by year's end. But mm-hmm. even in like a in a home matchup, even against a good team, Orlando, they can put in some good scores. A one-one draw, and you've got Kanaus with sixty-two. You got Birnbaum with fifty-four. Williams with sixty-nine. Klitsch with fifty. Uh, Ruan in the revenge game poured in 57 points. You know, Durkin had a goal plus 25 AA points. Like, these are some really nice scores from the team that I don't consider to be that good of a team overall. And I think I think that's that's Wayne Rooney, right? That's Wayne Rooney's going to have his guys working and moving and running and like doing in duels and like, putting yeah. talent. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like they're going to be running around doing things. Um, the problem is I don't I don't know that they're a great team though. Like I don't know that they're going to really like win games. Right. Yeah, that being no, I said, I, I, games, yeah. I, I just don't think there's enough decisives to get like eighties or seventies, eighties out of this team. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, maybe Benteke gets to be an interesting piece if he can pour in 15 goals. Um, but I don't know. I honestly don't know who's going to assist him. Like, I don't know who's crossing the ball in. Cleish is, Cleish is probably the most interesting player because he's going to rack up AA and he can score. Like he's hit some bangers from outside already. Um, so he might be the most interesting as far as trying to get like 20 AA and a goal or an assist. Um, but I, I don't like Canals is Canals will score two, three goals all year tops probably have like an assist or two. I don't think Durkin, if Durkin plays further forward, maybe he gets a few decisives, but if he's playing for the forward, he's probably not racking up as much AA typically. Um, so like yes, they racked up a, a decent amount of AA, but this was also Orlando's B team. So like they're not generally going to be the better team. Um, but yeah, the central defenders, if they don't get pumped, if they don't give up like three, four goals, the central defenders should be racking up AA. Like Burnbaum and Williams, or um, what's his face, Heinz Eich, if yeah. he in, ends up playing, uh, those guys should be like 50-55 pretty much every game, unless they give up a bunch of goals. So it'll be interesting. And Birnbaum is a threat from a corner, so he could score. So he's an interesting kind of play sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I so far, four points from three games. I think we're pretty happy here in DC. You know? A lot happier Living than we are in Charlotte. Living the dream. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Hmm. Next game. Uh Seattle goes on the road. Hot start to the year. Last I I said they were gonna win the MLS Cup. And then they go on the road and probably get beat 1-0. Um, they did score, but it got obviously uh, ruled out for VAR there on a foul before the uh, before the ball went in the back of the net really, really late on. Um, and Cincinnati hangs on to the 1-0 win. I think this is just two really good teams, and you just see home field advantage basically playing out. Um, so I think both of these teams probably end up getting uh, getting – you know, near the end, I think both these teams could could really make a run. It's well, if if Cincinnati can keep uh, keep all this together, keep Brenner, keep Acosta, keep Vasquez. Um, the back line looks okay now with Mascara and Miazga. Um, Nick Haglin did get sent off, um, but I think yeah, he's a solid so enough piece. Ten um, minutes to go, and they held and a one 0 lead. You'd think they would Cincinnati yeah. like crap the bed or whatever against uh, the greatest MLS team of all time that does it the right way and showed everybody the blueprint for how to build a squad. Um, the Seattle Sounders. It, have we can we get a 
status check on Sounders fans. Uh, they had thought they had they were had already won the MLS Cup. I think. Oh, I think they still game. have. So yeah, they yeah, still I'm have. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. See, <laughs> like I said, Seattle's still winning the MLS Cup. This was just they had to go on the road to another team that's in contention. So it was just you know two top teams, and one of them was at home, and uh, yeah, one of them just played a little bit better. But I think always the problem with Cincinnati was always the defense. And now they've kind of solidified it a lot with, and Wobodo is maybe the best underrated player in the MLS. The, the amount of work that this man does is absolutely absurd. Um, Junior Moreno is also a very solid piece as the other kind of destroyer midfielder. And they can just sit with those five guys, the three center backs and those two just sit back there and pretty much shut everything down. Barrial gets forward. Um, Gaddis kind of help, kind of can help back, but then they just allow Acosta, Brenner, Vasquez to just run a muck through the through the uh, opposition defense. So I actually really like the way that this Cincinnati team is built. They're doing things really, really well. I don't think they have the depth right now to to really over the course of a season like win silverware, win U.S. Open Cup, win the Supporter Shield. But if this team is healthy in the playoffs, they're not going to be fun to play against like at all. Um, it's a good win. It's a nice we'll win. We know how much home field matters. Like Cincinnati looked kind of bad yes. before, before looking great this week. So I will say, I'd love to see like a study. I don't have time to do it right now. This is just, I just, idea just popped in my head, but you mentioned Wobodo and it's almost, you can trace like the, the next level, like Cincinnati yes. leveled up big time yes. when they got Wobodo mid season last yes. year. Uh, like they were already doing a little bit better before that. They were not like in wooden spoon form. Like they had been, uh, for the years previous, but when they got Wobodo, but they were like just winning because they were outscoring everybody. Conflict. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. now they're winning one, nil games, which is weird, you know? Um, but I mean, the Cincinnati so far two one win over Houston on the road, a nil, nil draw with a rotated Orlando and then a one nil over Seattle. Um, so I don't think any of those results are t- too bad. I don't think any of them are particularly impressive, but um, the Seattle game, obviously the their best result so far. Sure. Shout out Rusna and Seattle had two clearances off the line. Roldan and no and Nuhu both got clearances Ooh. off the line. Fry had a horrible, go. horrible game. And mm. it could have been worse for Cincinnati for sure. Shout out whenever Rusnak scores outscores Lodero, I'm happy. So shout out to AR. Uh please retire, Nico. We love you, but it's time for you to go and let Rusnak thrive. Thank you. And let Obed Vargas on the field because yeah. if Rusnak moves up, Obed Vargas is going in. Um, Cincinnati's at Chicago next weekend, which will be an interesting game. And then they're at Nashville to round out uh, the rest of this month. Uh, New York City playing against Miami. Miami, a team that had two great results. They go on the road to Yankee Stadium, a place where they are terrible traditionally mm-hmm. and promptly lose one nothing, which is, you know, very MLS of them to do. Um, it was, uh, I don't know, not, not the prettiest game from New York city. Like they got out possessed at home against Miami. Um, but you take it. It's one nil you win. Who cares? Win and move on. They're not in form yet. I don't think like they haven't, they haven't got all their pieces together. Santi Rodriguez back in the starting lineup too. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Miami was looking great and it's again, it's home. If you no, take nothing else from listening to this show, just realize how yes. important it is. Play home field guys, play home field yes. guys, play home field guys. If you look at your lineup and you see all five of your guys at home, you, you have a pretty good chance in MLS contests for sure. Especially in the um, capped mode. Yeah. I, I have and, a theory. If you if you max your 240 cap 
with five MLS home players, no matter who they are, but their their L fifteens add up to two forty, and, and they're, they're all at home. I think every time you hit the you hit it every that's time. That's a really good theory. That's that's you. You might like, crack the code, bro. You honestly, when you when you look at the home and away, like you can toggle home and away on server data. It's always like seven to 10 points higher for home games in the MLS. Like you do the same thing in Europe. It's like basically even, you know, it's wild how much it's home in a way that matters. It's not really matchup that matters in this league. It's home in a way that matters Mm -hmm. way, way, way more. Um, So like if you're used to playing European competitions where it's like, okay, we got Bayern this week, but we're at home. I'm not going to play my guys because we're playing Bayern. That's smart. But if you're, if, Hey, I'm Cincinnati, we're playing Seattle, but we're at home, start your guys, you know, start mm-hmm. them up. So it's, it's very much a home and away league. Um, and I think, and also Miami is terrible, like notoriously bad at Yankee stadium. Um, they have, they haven't scored there in like forever. So yeah, just, it's always a bad time, uh, but New York kind of starting to put some of the pieces back together. Uh, Senti Rodriguez is back. Um, Sands is back. Keaton Parks Sands, is playing. Welcome like, back, James Sands, by the way. Welcome yeah. the hell back with your 81, with your 46 AA points. <laughs> uh, I don't know what Rangers was thinking, refusing to play this kid or give him a shot. I do think uh, that playing, being a home player at uh, Yankee Stadium, like knowing how to like take advantage of how small the pitch is probably helps him. Like everyone on the New York defense scored really well. But um, I don't know if I've ever told the story on this show, but like James Sands, my relationship with James Sands and So Rare is like a, t- a very tortured, painful one because like when I first joined the platform and, and cards were just going for insane prices, like in March of 21. And I was like trying to get ready for MLS. I didn't really know very well how to play the game. I, I had, the, and I wasn't, I had not really like figured out like how to win uh, threshold and stuff like that with European cards. And I was like, well, I'll just buy MLS cards. And it was also right at the time when SoRare was doing this. They did an experiment for like two or three days where they're like auctioning two guys at one, like two cards of every guy. So like every guy that was up for auction, it was like two of their cards that like the, the auction yeah. closed within like two color. copies. Yeah. So I was like, so like I'm talking to so I was talking to an NYC fan and they were telling me, oh, this guy James Sands, he's gonna be great. And I was like, okay, oh, let's go. So I like, so then I found myself in the bidding war on both copies of James Sands rare cards. And I ended up just paying in. I, it's almost embarrassing. Like I can't even verbally say how much I paid for these two James Sands cards. And it was not a misclick. It was, it was like, willingly, it was not a misclick. Willingly bid these two up at the same time. And, and I was, I got, I got auction fever. It was just one of those like auction fever moments. Go to my page. If you ever want to see like how, how ridiculously stupid I am uh, for my two James Sands purchases. Uh, one of them was like low. I loaned one out and then got back. So his, his transaction might be hidden behind a couple different layers there, but, uh, yeah, anyway, but uh, long story short, I could have gotten a lot better cards for the money I spent on these two James Sands, but he might be finally back. Who knows? I don't think we're going to be seeing 46 AA points regularly from him, but he is a guy that I need to start playing. He's very good. I, I mean, good. I don't, 46 good. is a lot, but mm-hmm. like he's a dude that could be like a 55. It's the triple guy. triple. When you get the triple triple, it just yeah. gets 12 points on top of everything. It's just so nice. Yeah. Like I, I think he could be like a triple triple type of guy. Um, and especially if they could put some of the pieces of the, the championship team back together, it starts to look a little better. Obviously, there's no Tati Gastiano, so it's not like it's not peak championship performance, but like they've got some of their dudes back now. Like Santi Rodriguez is back. Talis Magno's back. I think if they can get a striker, move Talis Magno back to the, to the wing, 
they could actually be a decent team. Um, they lost the season opener in Nashville 2-0. A 1-1 draw at Chicago, and then they beat Miami 1-0. I don't think they're particularly impressive, but home game against D.C. coming up next. Start your New York City, guys. That's all I got to uh, say. Home game, yes, but I do think D.C.'s uh, – excuse me, New York City is going to be one of those teams that uh, that that sinks to the bottom. Like I, think I don't DC know. They got money. Them. They got I, money. I, I think Don't ever underestimate the teams that got money. We've seen a lot of nil-nil draws in MLS this year, strangely, and I, I, I can yeah. definitely see a nil-nil coming in this in this New York-D.C. Uh, match. We'll see. Take the under on that half goal. Love yeah, to see it. yeah, yeah, wild. Who would fuck? Yeah. That'll be a that'll be a fun game between two teams that are technically in the playoff spots right now, but that should probably not be. So one of them is probably you know one of them is going to stay up there for another week, or maybe if they tie both of them, who knows? Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one to watch. New York City uh, definitely getting some pieces, but they definitely need some more help. Uh, Philadelphia gets the one nil win in Chicago. Chicago had two players sent off in this game. Um, Andre Blake, this is the interesting part of this game. Andre Blake is subbed out in the 33rd minute. Didn't see how bad it was or what it was even, but I just saw that he got subbed out to an injury and that is obviously it's bad. massive. It's a six to eight week groin injury is, is yeah. what Curtin uh, said after the game. So that, that's, that's a massive deal Joe, because hey, Joe Bednick is not, it gives, yeah, it just in time <laughs> for me to get some midweek utility out of my Joe Bendick card that I bought a year and a half ago. How uh, how upset do you think Matt Freeze is right now? Um, probably pretty pissed. I think. Yeah. I think he's probably upset, but I do think that he has a good chance to displace Barraza once New York starts to struggle. But yeah, he's got to Freeze has got to be thinking, "Damn, I could be starting." I went from one of the I went from one of the best teams in the league to one mm-hmm. of the maybe the worst teams in the league, and now I'm the backup instead of I would be the starter. Still for the, the next backup two behind a guy who was a backup. Like he Correct. went from backing up the consensus best goalkeeper in the Correct. league to backing up a guy who had been a backup. So yeah, not not yeah. a good scene. That's what I do um, think I would be holding Freeze. I wouldn't give up on Freeze just yet. I, and I've said yeah. on the show before. I think sell Barraza if you have him. Try to get away from him and get into someone who's a little safer. You but, think it's a buy low on Freeze? Point two for the rare? Mm, no, I think point one two five is a buy low. Point two, I still okay. um, unless you. It kind of is if you really have the faith. If you have even a little more faith than me, then maybe you could do it. But I know you're. I know the answer to the, to this question from your perspective. But they're both exactly the same price right now. Would you rather have Matt Freeze or William Yarborough? Uh Yarborough, Yarborough. But really, I think he's, yeah. Well, let's be yeah, because I think he. I would have thought you would have said Freeze. I think if Yarborough loses, Yarborough is playing right now, and I you yes. and I had this debate offline, and I, I assume. We will have it here on we the will show get there. here in a few minutes. Yeah. But uh, I, I do think Yarbrough is playing right now. So uh, for next game week, I would rather have Yarbrough, I guess. But I would rather probably have neither. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, I'd rather have Joe. Williams. But for, for point two for a rare goalkeeper, yeah. I mean, you're not getting a good goalkeeper. So you gotta you gotta you take can, what you can get. You can you can, um, you can spend even less than that and get Pablo Cisniega. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Um, all right. So let's talk. Uh, the Oh, the other thing from this game, Chicago, Chris Brady is back and starting. So that was very helpful. He did not have a good game. He had he's 15 horrible. points, but he's, um, he's going to yeah, get benched. He started. Well, he started. And that's all that I care about. He's not going to get benched because they have no one. Like Spencer Ritchie is not good. If they had anybody else, like that was decent. If, if they had Matt Freeze, I would be scared. But I'm not scared of Spencer Ritchie. Chris Brady is going to be – he's going to be good. He's going to be good. 
if they I keep telling listening, myself it's real easy to point your fingers at a 19 year old goalkeeper that's all i'm gonna say i i keep telling myself he's gonna be good i keep like trying to will it into existence but Many like every game i his watch price, his price is absolutely insane to me yeah at first like if i had chris brady unless i was like dead set on playing u23 i'd be like get this guy correct get, you have to use him in U23. take yeah. my profits on this right now. but i think he's i think he's the only u23 goalkeeper i think he's the one i feel the most safe about in u23 other than I, once george petrovich gets a card that might i agree change. but i don't feel that safe petrovich is coming out um hassal yeah. could maybe get moved because takioka is really locking down the job so you know i don't know how many years Hassal. i think Hassal has one year left right till 24 i could be wrong but um I don't know. U23. I don't know. I, I, I just I feel much... safe about Brady because I think he's going to start the whole season because Chicago is going to be terrible anyway. And they're just going to gaga him. Like they're just going to say, they're just going to say, let the kids start. We're going to be terrible. We're going to lose games, but we're going to sell them for 10 million bucks. And that's two years. definitely one way it could go. I agree. Who cares? Like, I, I think he's got easily the best path to playing time, but, but, but I mean, we, we'll see. Yeah. He could become mentally shattered also by all that losing. So he could. He could. Every listen. Every game yeah. I watch that he plays that's not for the Chicago Fire, he's insane. Like yeah, when he plays yeah, for yeah, the yeah. U.S. team, insane. When he played for mm-hmm. the U.S.L. team, insane. Like anytime he just doesn't play in Chicago, he's great. So like I am, I want to see him just get a full chance to play, and we'll just see what happens because. If we get that Chris Brady, he's going to be like Gaga level to where he's just on completely ridiculously priced. Um, up in Toronto, Columbus gets a point, one-one draw uh, between Toronto and Columbus. Um, I don't know anything one about the, this game. One of the three one uh, hundreds. There were three one hundreds in MLS this week. Ooh. It was Owen Wolf, Jonathan Bond. Owen Wolf had a hundred. Yeah, you've talked trash on my boy Jonathan Bond and said he was horrible. He had his second hundred that he's gotten uh, in his so rare career in two years. And uh, Aiden Morris had the third 100. Aiden this, Morris. Uh, from this game. Yeah. Had a, Aiden what a played man. An amazing game. Aiden played an amazing game for sure. Watch the so, highlights if you missed it. So Aiden Morris, right? Um, him, Artur, and Nagby were always in this weird, like, three players for two positions thing in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And then they got rid of our tour. And I, I feel like my mind just, it never clicked that. Okay. Now Aiden Morris is going to be this, the dude there. Like I, I always thought he was a good player when he played, but I just, I, I don't feel like I really, it really clicked in my mind that he was going to start. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that facilitated that I feel like is just a slight little uh, tweak information that Nancy brought of swinging Zella Ryan out to the wing and Zella used to play more of a cam central role but now he's Zella's playing out on the wing which is hurting his scores maybe a little bit I'm not sure uh but his scores have not been great his he's been become a little more decisive dependent unfortunately but that's opened up that central role for for Morris to to be there so uh, they're not the same player but I do feel like that's what's happened just from watching it yeah, I mean, I, I think Aiden Morris has a lot of talent. He also had a, a pretty nasty knee injury like two years ago, I think. Um, no, it was so at the start, start of recovering. last season. It was at the start, start of last year. Yeah, it was okay. in last yeah. preseason. Because he was really good in the in the MLS Cup. Everyone, everyone was expecting him to be to yeah. have a breakout year last season and uh, didn't happen because of injury. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so definitely keep an eye on Aiden Morris. Price is, is kind of actually a little higher than I would have expected, but – um, still definitely want to keep an eye on uh, for for them. Um, 
Next game up was Kansas City and L.A. We talked about Jonathan Bond. Uh, he goes on the road to the to the blue hell and gets the shutout, puts up the hundred. Um, does it inspire confidence in the LA Galaxy for you, though, that he had uh, to put up a hundred ne- to get a not shutout? Necessarily, I, I think I think when I, we were talking about this, we were doing our season preview, right? And I was like, I think the Galaxy will will be a, a threat to LAFC in the West. And you're like, what? They have Kelvin Leardom and Raheem Edwards as their fullbacks. What are you talking about? And that really <laughs> did come back to bite him because Leardom was like shallowy just like found all kinds of uh, whatever he wanted down the left wing. And even Graham Zussi was looking good down the right wing going up against Edwards. And, and like, they were like, uh, like I said, 11 shots on goal, like they're lucky that they didn't lose this game because bond played out of his head. And uh, uh, they are, their defense needs big time work of the galaxy. Their back line is just not uh, uh, in the top half of the league, maybe not even the top two thirds. And Ricky Puge is not really doing much. They might need Chicharito back to unload, uh, unlock Ricky Puge. I'm not sure. What do you think? I don't know. I I do think I think they think Puge is going to get his. Like he's going to be okay. And I think eventually they will score some goals. Um, but you cannot get outshot 30 to eight by Kansas City. Right. Like, right. Yeah. I, I mean, I I do think and Kansas City is a better team. KC, right? Like, KC, right. It's not like, like KC is still Kyrie Shelton started in this game, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like Kyrie Shelton had like a 50 because he had so many shots. It was incredible. Um, I mean, there's no Johnny Russell in in this game, and you're just I don't know. I I don't I don't know. I don't think the Galaxy are that good. I do really like their midfield three. And like if they can unlock Efra Alvarez, but there's just no position for Efra Alvarez. The one positive, at least in my mind, for LA Galaxy is they're finally going to give Jalen Neal a chance. Like they're finally going to start Jalen Neal. And I think he's mm-hmm. a good player. So I think that helps. But the rest of this back line is just god awful. Like, Has Efra Alvarez ever gone 90 minutes in your memory? Because this kid, like, he, all I hear about is how great he is and how much talent he's going to have. He scored. He, he never goes 90 minutes. He scored a worldie against Charlotte in that in that sold out game, well, but I think he was a substitute in that he, game. He subbed he? in on that one, yeah, yeah. It was like that in was the ninetieth minute, so he was that playing was, that in was the ninetieth minute. First ever game at home, yeah. Trust me, I that remember was, that one quite that well. That was like close, but that, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, he does have a ton of talent, but I, he's not a winger. Like they're they just they don't have a position for him. Um, he's like a Ricky Pooch position, and obviously, they're, unless something happens to Ricky Pooch. I don't think Effer really – he's not versatile enough to do all of these things. Yeah, I just think he's such an overrated player just in general in MLS, but maybe that maybe I'm just a hater. I don't know. LA Galaxy's given up three goals in two games, and they have one point. So that's not good. Eric Tommy is the player that I most regret not getting my hands on this, yeah, this he's good. season. Just uh, 40 AA points, just an absolute crushing game. Obviously, like we talked about, LA is very attackable, but – LA now right now profiles like we talk about home team. If you're a home team facing LA Galaxy, your your players can find all kind of SO5 yeah. points right now. So make sure you yeah. play those matchups. Yeah, I, I think I think you're hundred percent right on that one. Start your guys against LA. I think there's some guy, there's some teams where you're just like, yep, start your guys. Yeah, Colorado's um, one of those teams for Colorado's, sure. Colorado's one of those teams, except for Tamiro Montero, which thanks, thanks, guy. Red card. Um Red card. we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, LA is playing at home against Vancouver and then they go on the road to Portland next. So, um, home against oh, Vancouver, man. probably, they probably should get a win. I can't game. wait till we get to, to Portland. Uh, 
Yeah, you got some things to say about Portland. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Minnesota Red Bulls first, because this was, my God, there was like a quarter inch of snow on the field for most of this game. And it was, uh, this was actually one game that I got to watch the second half because I we, we were doing a lot of things last night. Um, but this was one game that I got to watch the second half. And it was like, I mean, I don't, do we, do we not cancel games if there's like an inch of snow on the ground? Like, this was completely unplayable. There's just players falling down everywhere. Like kind of a miracle. No one got hurt. Um, and it was just the sloppiest game that I think I've ever seen in my life. I didn't see either of the goals, um, but it was just. Yeah. The Minnesota goal was crazy. Uh, Juan Wani was just like, it was like a scrappy, like ball into the box, bouncing around like a pinball. And he just like found a way to, to score it. Uh, I did not, don't remember seeing the Red Bull goal, but I, it was scored by one of my guys, Andres Reyes. I, I think it was just a thumping header, one of those thumping header type things. Reyes so, did come off. If if you're wondering, because I yeah, actually I would, watched you know this one, about that, Reyes happened. came off. It looked to me like a cramp. They were like, they were like, um, what is it? Stretching him out like it was a cramp. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was also walking really weird when he came off. So I don't know if it was just cramp or if it was something else, but it, I think he's probably okay in general. Um, but that's just my assessment and I'm no medical professional. This is not medical advice. So that's, <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. So far we've given um, financial medical advice, but uh, no, all we do is sober advice guys. Like that's it. No, no other advices. Um, for Minnesota, my God, they don't even need Reynoso. <laughs> They've got four points. Oh, yes, out of, they do. Yes, they, they got do. got four points us, out of two do. games. Like, what the hell's going they on in Minnesota? They need Reynoso, for sure. They do need Reynoso, but they've, I mean, they're pulling together. I don't know how, but they're doing it. Road win, We need too, to free Reynoso. Uh, we, we need, like, the, Robin Lode. Robin Lode was not good. Uh, he, he's miscast as a center attack. Maybe you could see from his so rare score of 24 points. I I, I I I do I don't care if they've had like okay results through a few games. I do not like this team without Renault. So they're practically unwatchable, whether it's in the snow or or anywhere else. Yeah, well, maybe they'll just like pour snow on every single game so that no one can score against them. Because um, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see how things play out with Minnesota and if they can get him back eventually. That would be obviously a very big help uh, to them. Nashville again obliterating another team this time it's montreal that's the uh that's the victim um nashville looks real good like i've i've watched a little bit of the nashville like games jacob schaffelberg is changing the way that they're playing offense and it's wonderful to see they've two two nil wins at home and they have a nil nil draw on the road next they go to new england um, this is a really good team. They've always been good defensively, three straight shutout, shutouts to start the season. Um, and they've always been Hani Mukhtar reliant, and they still are to a large degree. But now they've got Schaffelberg kind of bombing up and down the wings, and he just adds a whole other dimension to this team. And I think it's wonderful. I think it's great to see. Um, Montreal is uh, is a Hernan Lozada team, and we kind of warned mm-hmm. you how those things go. Yeah. The one thing that's weird is they haven't scored. Like, I guess he may need some more time to kind of get his principles across because that's they're supposed to pump goals away, which is fine, and they do that. But you're also supposed to score when you you know don't play defense, you just play offense. Like sometimes you got to put the ball in the back of the net. Montreal tough start to the season so far. Um, I don't think yeah, we really expect them to be very good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we really yeah. expect Montreal to be that good. To be fair, they've played three straight road games, and we told you how much road matters. 
Um, <laughs> welcome home to Montreal. You're playing Philadelphia. Good luck. I mean, yeah. it is after a CCL game, so maybe Philly rotates, but even then, it'll be tough. Tough one. Uh, okay, Montreal and and Nashville. Next one up, Austin gets the two one win at RSL. This is a much better result for Austin. Uh, kind of putting some of the some of the woes from game number one behind them a little bit in back to back wins. But again, I'm not incredibly impressed with the opponents. Um, Justin Glad scored, which was good for me. Owen Wolf, you mentioned, had a hundred. Good for him. Yeah, um, is he the younger one or the older one? I uh, you put me on the spot. I think he's Isn't the he? older one, but yeah, I think Tyler's okay. the Ty- Tyler's, Tyler's the, the other younger. one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Owen's yeah, I, I knew him. Owen's eighteen and uh, Tyler's twenty, so Tyler actually is older. Yeah, Tyler. Okay. Uh, plays for Atlanta. The uh, younger uh, one is always better. That's always yeah. Better. There's always the little brother has to work a little harder usually, right? Yeah. The younger one always plays against the older brother and so gets better faster. And Here's a fun thing. If younger's if you better. Google Owen Wolf, it goes it shows up like his player page off FC and it shows a picture of Drew Usy. So, so there you go. Just shows how much <laughs> he's Drew basically is. just like, a second Drew Usy. Everything now. is about Drew Usy and Austin FC. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you love to see it. We don't we don't have a picture for a guy. Yeah, just put Drew Usy yeah. in there. It'll yep, be fine. Exactly. Yep. Um yeah, I, I'm again not sold on RSL, but it is tough to go to Rio Tinto. They're normally a very good home team, so that's a good win. Uh, we'll have to see if Austin can pull a rabbit out of a hat in the CCL this week. Um, it may actually be a blessing in disguise if they don't to just get out of there and just start playing MLS games. Um, but a, a good win for Austin, to say the least. I'm still not sold on the defense, though. I still think they've got question marks in the back. Um but I don't know. You're you're yeah, more an Austin guy hurt. than I am. But... Losing Casconte hurt for sure. Yeah, but a road win in in in, Seattle, in Salt Lake City is never easy. I think. Correct. So the midfield um, just crushed it. Wolf it, Wolf had the hundred, and Danny Pereira had eighty four. Like the, they just owned the midfield, and that's why they were able to uh, hold down the win for sure. Danny Pereira has become a very good player. He was the number one overall pick when he Austin sure was. was an expansion team. Mm-hmm. And he's become a very very good player. Um, yeah, Diego Fagundes. I'm a former Danny P super rare owner, actually. There you go. Fagundes, I think, was just rested for rotation. Okay. Uh, just in case. Now, Austin actually has like, this... He's a very important player. Why is he sitting? Yeah, I think he was just but rested yeah, that for, makes ro- sense. for rotation. Um, he had played in Haiti or in Dominican Republic against the Haitian team, Violet. The, have you seen this news that Violet, as we're recording, it's not uh, for certain whether or not Austin's CCL game midweek is actually going to happen because Violet's really? players... Yeah, Violet only has like seven players and two coaches who have been able to get visas so far to travel to the stage. Which it's so horrible. I can't believe like everything else that's going on in Haiti and and like these guys had to play their home game like in a different country because they're yeah. not able to like play in their home stadium. That's and, uh, and like now they have this chance to like have something good going on in their lives uh, that they could t- sort of take their mind off the real world issues and uh, they're gonna get. Uh, they have a like they have like l- urgent last minute requests out to like the U.S. embassies where they're like trying to get the visas, which it's really sucks. Like it's because they're leading. They're up three nil in this in this yeah. two-legged tie. And it's like if it's a four, a lot of times forfeits are ruled three nil defeats. So that would make it like three to three. And it goes to extra and then time. Like, and they yeah, have to forfeit Austin extra time. Out and, like, do a penalty kick shootout like with no opponent. And just like <laughs> score one. I'm not sure what'll happen, but like it's really frustrating. I like. I, I could see I, I could see Austin going out there and missing like the first PK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think if uh 
if Violet can make it and play the game, I still think they might lose 4-0. Like, I yeah. think Austin would, like, play their A lineup and, like, yeah. really try to go out there and win the tie. But I, they should get that chance. It's, it's just a they shame. They should get that chance. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. like uh, sucks. Yeah. That's, that's one of those where, like, politics gets in the way of sports, and it's like, just – have some common sense and like, right. Obviously, I mean, have a, have a like us customs dude, just literally sit with the team, the whole, like that bus ride there, make sure right, no one right, leaves exactly. bus ride back. Like, Oh, that's all they're going to do. You it's know not what like I mean? They're trying like, to defect from a communist. Exactly. Like that, like, like, the 1980s, you know? like, you know, there, there's ways that you need to make this stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I hope they get the chance to play, but from yeah, a SoFi perspective, in international waters, you know, play on an aircraft carrier or something. Like Ooh, that. you know, like the basketball teams do. Yeah. yeah That'd be yeah. sick. That'd be sick. Um, from a SoFi perspective though, make sure you keep that in mind. If you're going to start Austin players in any lineups that they may yeah, not hopefully actually we'll have know a game. By, by Tuesday morning for sure. Yeah. That, that's an interesting one. Um, all right. We've got thoughts. Portland, St. Louis, the greatest team to ever play this game of soccer, St. Louis city, has three, count them, three come from behind wins to start their franchise. It can't last. It's it's completely unsustainable. I have, like I've mentioned before, I have a lot of so rare buddies that live in St. Louis, and I, I'm speaking to all y'all right now. Enjoy this while you've got it, because I just, I, I regression is coming. Eventually, you're not, eventually, you know, you're not going to be able to fight back from falling behind in every single game. Uh, but I, purely obviously i'm just speaking out of jealousy because uh, watching a new expansion team come in and go three and oh whereas charlotte has limped to an zero and three start for the second year in a row it's very frustrating obviously uh but i actually think a i need you you were the one you were shitting on edward lowen right like last game i was trying to say that Leuven is like, no 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 you were you were like saying nah he's okay he had another great game you know he got the decisive in his 20 aa he just keeps racking them up so uh, a card i wish i had but other than Klaus and Leuven get, keeping the decisive streaks going on, I actually think there's a way bigger storyline coming out of this game than St. Louis. Okay, so first off, before you do that, I didn't shit on him. I don't think. <laughs> uh, you I think I was to acknowledge that I was right about how great he is. So to me, I think I was talking. Was I not talking about Klaus? I, I'm on the Leuven bandwagon. I thought Klaus was the one I hated. I was talking about Leuven the whole time. Oh, well, I, I, I so like remembered history. You, I, you I was, it, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I maybe I, I don't know what I say week to week. I just kind of make things up on the spot. So I might've said something be- stupid, um, but I'm on the Loven bandwagon. It's Klaus. That's the one that I'm not on the bandwagon. Cause he just keeps scoring Same. because people keep passing him the ball. hundred so percent. That, yeah. that was why I was hating on him a little bit. Um, Loven, I think is great. Klaus's unsustainable uh, scoring record is why I think they'll continue Correct. To, to start to drop down for sure. Yeah. Correct. No, you're on. I'm on the same page with you as, as that one. Um, Klaus has a worse comb over than me, also. By the way, the guy, his his uh, his headshot makes him look like he's got a full head of vibrant hair. Then you see him like watch him out on the pitch, and the guy is like freaking completely bald. It's it's hilarious. It's like two pays blowing in the wind. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the bigger storyline uh, is bigger Evander. story. Evander benched. Evander yeah, did not start. Didn't play. Uh, well, he came in. Well, he came, he in, came in, in for an injury. Christian Paredes was hurt. And then he subbed yeah. out himself in the 69th minute. So you never want to be like sub in and then get subbed out later. That's always like the ultimate shame for any soccer player. Yeah. And uh, he was not good. He was, he was ineffective. He was losing a bunch of possessions. He had 10 possessions lost in uh, 57 minutes, only 18 passes, uh, you know, accurate. He met, he only connected on two thirds of his passes. You could say, um, 
a couple passes into the box, but no chances created. Just really rough uh, game for him. And this is a guy who we we thought coming in uh, had a chance to be a cheat code. Yeah, th- yeah, we thought this guy could be the most elite mid card in so five in MLS, and it is not happening so far. Uh, also, like kind of a less less high profile, but a guy that is on my team, so I was a little bit more hoping that he would be good. Um, <laughs> Santiago Moreno has scored. Mm, 75 points over the first three games. Not good. It's not good at all. Not I was good. hoping for 75 in each of the first three games. Not, yeah. Not all of the first three games combined. Um, well, one of them yeah. came in. Uh, he, he subbed he in. in the f- the, yeah, he didn't start the first game, but he came in when Jimmy got hurt. Correct. He subbed in, played 57 minutes, had a decent AA, but he was a sub, so he only scored 33 points. Then the next game, he gave away a penalty, which was terrible. Like, just just – uh, just I don't know what he's doing. Um, and then this game, he gets a yellow card, has a minus six decisives, and Portland just played badly overall. Um, I don't know. I still want to believe that he's going to be very good because his scores last year were, like, elite. Um, but, man, it's not working out so far for Portland. Tough start. Very tough start. Um, and and uh, very tough for people that paid nearly an ETH for yeah. their Vander cards. Uh, they are not getting the hottest returns yet so far. Yeah, three games in. Tough one. Uh, All right, last game, San Jose, Colorado. Uh, I watched a lot of this game. uh, And San Jose, again, my dark horse pick for this year. Cincinnati was my dark horse pick last year. It worked out really well. San Jose, so far, I am very happy with. I'm very happy with everything I'm seeing. Their midfield looks really good. Uh, Their defense has been good enough. uh, And they're scoring enough goals. Now, the one thing that's, I, I mean, you reserve judgment a little bit just because they haven't really played good competition. So, Yes, they have done well, but they've been doing well at home against Vancouver and Colorado, who we both think are not great teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I and also Jamiro Montero got uh, got himself sent off, which was, yeah, not good. Not fun for me at all because he's one of my key players. Um, but San Jose in general has, uh, has picked up six points out of the first uh, three games and obviously could have had. Uh, a win in Atlanta to start the season had not Tiago Almada gone absolutely berserk. Um, fun fact, the only team that has three points or three wins from three games is St. Louis. So absolutely insane. Good, good what, on them for sure. What is, what an expansion team. Enjoy this is you've got it. That's literally the greatest team in MLS history. They have the best win percentage ever because it's a hundred percent. I think, yeah, I think they matched. They, didn't Sounders do that as well? I'm pretty sure when they launched, when they came to the league, I, won the I, first, I, I, I think Sounders in 09 were yeah. the, the, the last team to win their first three as an expansion. The Sounders also had made the playoffs every year until last year in their franchise history. So maybe St. Louis will make the playoffs every year until 2037, which would be interesting. Um, also, if you go back and look at the, um, at the preseason, St. Louis only won one of their, I think five, six games. Uh, so I don't know where this three game win streak is coming from. Now that we've actually started kicked off. They kind of got beat up a little bit in preseason. All right. That was all the games. Any so other? Got, I, actually got, I actually got the one one more for you. Okay. Hit me. Because not to give away the store too much, but we're actually recording this live during Oof. the LAFC New England game. And in a major storyline for a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people were sitting here waiting till the very end of the game week and thinking, well, my lineup's doing okay. I just got just got to hope Carlos Hill puts up a nice score here against the LAFC late on Sunday night uh, with you know, less than, like 24 hours left in the game week. Well, 
the soft boy, the Charmin boy, Carlos Heel is on the bench for New England. Uh, picked up a knock in training, they said, and so he he's not wow. a go. Uh, he is available off the bench, but he's not starting. Uh, Bo Gustavo Bo Gustavo Bo, excuse me, it's made back. his season debut playing yeah. as the center attacking mid. He's doing horribly so far. They're about twenty minutes into this match, and uh, Denny Buanga has already scored a PK goal. Buanga is absurd. Yeah, from the ratings, I'm gonna uh, let me check. From the ratings, it, I, it would seem that maybe. Uh, Boo was the one that, uh, or Bo, excuse me, I keep saying it wrong. Gustavo might have been, yeah, Gustavo penalty. gave up the PK. So he he came back from. Great uh, start from your attack. Yeah, game. from his uh, short-term injury yeah. just in time to, to score 15. So. Look at that. My guy Aaron Long is uh, is getting his first start. How yes, about that? I know, and I, I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, but you quickly spotted that for sure. Yeah, yeah. they got to rest old man Chiellini for the CCL, so. Insane. I think. I think uh, sl- like over the next couple of months, Keeling is going to be phased phased out of the lineup. I, I think you're going to see Mar- Mario and Long as the as the center back pairing. Probably, of, of course. I was a little bit honestly a little bit shocked that Keeling was starting over Long. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I realize that I have a bunch of them, but I was actually kind of like planning on playing a bunch of them, and I can't right now. Right. And so. I've been giving you crap. Like I make fun of Aaron Long; he's not yeah. one of my favorite players. I've been giving you crap about it, but just like being real about it, I just I think. I think Chiellini was getting kind of like some courtesy starts, you know, uh, for, based on scoring the goal, uh, excuse me, based on being on the team that won the championship. And then he scored a goal. So they had like his first ever MLS goal. So they had to give him another run. But I think like it, it more and more, we're going to see a lot more of Long and Mario and, and let, a lot less Chiellini in my personal belief. Oh, I certainly hope so because I kind of need it. I'm not going to lie. I kind of, for my rare sanity, I kind of need uh i kind of need these guys to play um yeah all right so the lafc game is going on right now it's one nil um boinga's on see how things go boinga's coming off the 100 in midweek boinga's just really good in general Mm -hmm. um so yeah we'll see how things go uh in the lafc game um anything else that you want to talk to the people about before we wrap things up this week no just uh we're, we're in the swing of it man like yeah. Uh, the first couple of weeks, we're always talking about a small sample size and like this, you know, how much can we learn from this, that we're three weeks in and we're starting to learn a few things a little more concretely. I think Eric Tommy is establishing himself as one of the maybe the premier midfield card in MLS so far this year. Oof. Obviously, th- things could crazy. still change, but I mean, hey, prove me wrong at this point. But uh, yeah, uh, things could things are going to still continue to change and develop, but I'm starting to feel a little more uh certain in some of the opinions that I've, I've been holding and uh others i'm changing with confidence as well so um vamos on a league. scale of i, I love on a league. scale of one to what ten can I, say? I love this league <laughs> on a scale of one to ten how surprised are you with the first three weeks like how many things went differently than you thought they would I mean, just, in just the sheer, sheerly looking at St. Louis, I would have to say 10. Like, you know what I'm saying? But uh, overall, I'd say probably an eight. Uh, I'm really surprised at how bad Charlotte's been. I'm really, really surprised. Shocked, okay. Really shocked at how great St. Louis has been. Uh, Evander's struggles are a huge surprise to me. And uh, like, what else? Just if I look at look at the stand, if I look at the league table, um I don't know. Some of the things that I thought for sure, I knew Montreal would be bad. I knew Houston would be bad. I knew Colorado yeah. would be bad. Yeah. Minnesota. Uh, I'm still surprised that Reynoso's not here yet. San Jose doesn't surprise me because that San Jose is a team that I would be selling though. Cause like 
They actually just have like the, a really elite, they like, a um, nice schedule. Ups. Yeah. Really nice early season schedule yeah. that after five or six games, it actually gets a lot tougher for them. So I know you're not going to be selling your Montero anytime soon. I wouldn't recommend selling Espinosa if someone out there is owning him, but I would say your, your Jackson Yules, your Kate Cowles. Uh, you so know. you're, you're saying that they have the easiest schedule, but they go to St. Louis next and play the greatest <laughs> team in MLS history. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah oh boy i i would actually say i'm not really that surprised a lot of the teams that i thought would be better are better and a lot of the teams i thought would be worse are be worse i mean obviously there's some surprises uh st louis being the highest up there but uh i would say i'm like a three or four like i i, I kind of kind of saw some of the stuff at least coming montreal yeah i think i saw coming houston i saw coming colorado's been a little surprising um but i mean Top couple in the in the West, St. Louis, obviously big surprise, but we saw Seattle coming back. We saw LAFC being good. We saw San Jose being good. Um, on the other side, Atlanta, Nashville, Cincinnati are like my core teams. Like those are teams that I think are going to be very good. Um, Columbus being ninth is a little surprising. I thought they'd be a little higher, but they have also had a had an interesting schedule so far. I yeah, Charlotte might be one of the bigger surprises as well, not having any points. So. Yeah, I think overall, I don't think it's been super surprising, but a few, a few in there, good and bad. So, you're not surprised um, at how good Jonathan Bond is. I am shocked at how great. There we go. Our Lord and Savior Jonathan <laughs> Bond is. Hey, I've been telling people uh, to buy him. I've, I've, I've put my nuts <laughs> on the line on that. Well, as far as that one's concerned, so. So wait, Jonathan Bond. If you if you take his price, you could get William Yarborough and Matt Freeze for one Jonathan Bond. Right, and you'd be you would uh, be taking DNPs in your lineup uh, eventually, even on Yarborough. So there you go. No, there's <laughs> no, right. no one's no one's taking the job away from Bond. Bond this is what I value. No, in no one's taking the job from Bond. Stuver, unless they buy Bond. somebody. Will Willis had a little bit of an issue for like four weeks last year, but over the last three to four years, he's almost untouchable. Like safety in, in a goalkeeper, even. To be honest, even Guzon, well, I, thought, I hate him. As much as I, I hate thought, Guzon, he's, he's safe. So Guzon, too. I thought Yarborough was very safe until they started saying, we're going to go buy another goalkeeper. Because like right. they didn't have another right. goalkeeper. And I was like, this dude two years ago was great. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, last year he was terrible, which fair. But it, I thought he was very safe. And then, you know, they obviously go and buy somebody else. It's, it's like, weird. Oh. Now, you, we, were, we mentioned this. You were talking offline about how you believe in Yarbrough. That you think he's going to hold the job down. Actually, yeah. Think, well, I've watched two Colorado games, and he looks way better this year. I just feel like they wouldn't have gone to get Illich if they didn't plan to play him. But at the same time, maybe they just did it to, to light a fire. Because it's not like Illich yeah, was competition. playing for the yeah, that's what so. That's what Frazier said. Like, we wanted competition at the spot, and William Yarborough responded really, really well to it. That was his direct quote. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm way more confident in Yarborough than I was at the start of the season. And he's still very cheap. He's still basically the same price as he was at the start of the season. Also... Uh, you brought up a good point, which is look at the international roster spots because teams don't use international roster spots for no reason. Um, and the guy that they brought in is international. Um, however, it's only a six-month loan. So if they want to go get somebody in the summer, they just don't renew the loan. They don't use the purchase option. And it's a no-risk you know, competition for, for Yarborough. I think it's a, it's a really smart move for Colorado's perspective. Um, and it's basically no risk, all reward. So if it works out great, we got a new goalkeeper. If it doesn't, then uh, we lit a fire under Yarbrough and now he's back to what he should be. So I think it was a good move either way. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's it's an interesting situation to watch. There's a few goalkeeping situations still to watch around the league, see how they play out. Um, but I think that should wrap things up for this week. Um, we will see you all again in seven days' time. <laughs>